you, Lord. Praise God. Amen. Tell you, a lot of people in this world you can't really count on. Not sure if they're going to come through. But you can with God. He'll always be there. Even if you've gone astray or run away, if you come back, He's there. You know He is. He's there, faithful to His promise, faithful to His people. Praise God. Amen. You may be seated. Praise God. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Glad to have all of you here today. I always, you know, appreciate those who come to church on the nicest day weather-wise. Just shows who's who's who. So I get the best of the best right here. Amen. Is that self-serving when you just said amen right there? Yeah, that's me. Best of the best. Best. Amen, amen, praise God. Well, uh, hey, let me uh, shout at you real quick uh, some uh, exciting things, exciting events coming up. I told you last week about our, our, our big mega event in August, this Life Church Conference that we're doing, uh, August uh, 20, 20 through 16 through 20, 16 through 20. <laughs> Memorize those dates like I have. Uh, <laughs> August 16th through 20, we're going to have an outstanding week in God, so uh, plan that. I told you last week I wanted to give you a little more information this week, and so I wanted to show you uh, uh, our speakers for the week. We have, we're going to be doing services every night, doing stuff, we're actually doing stuff for ministers during the day, so people will be coming in here from out of state and all that kind of stuff, uh, but at the nighttime, we have a, a graphic in addition, the Lord given me something. You recognize those folks? That's Mark Hankins and Jim Hockaday are coming to join us for our conference. It's going to be so good. The, the theme is Days of Heaven. I tell you what, that opens it up pretty wide, doesn't it? For a lot of good things to happen. All right. It's going to be a great, great, outstanding week. Amen. Let me tell you what, one more thing going on. As uh, you know, I told you a number of weeks ago, uh, this Saturday, uh, Jonathan and Whitley are getting married. And, uh, and so one of the problems, I mean, we have such awesome team and, and she does such a great job leading worship. What are we going to do when they go on their honeymoon? <laughs> Should we hold them back? And go on Monday. Be back by Wednesday night. <laughs> and uh, actually, uh, one, of their, one of their close friends that they've traveled with, with the Hagans and so forth, and, uh, is uh, Anthony Washington. And uh, he is an outstanding worship leader. And so he's staying over. Yeah? And, uh, and he'll be here Sunday. And then also Wednesday, and he's working with our worship team during that time. And, uh, and so he'll be here next week to lead worship. And then uh, also we have another guest minister next Sunday, a uh, close friend of ours and a great pastor out of Mississippi. So he speaks Southern, yeah. Pastor Wade. Uh, 
so you won't need a translator. <laughs> Pastor Mickey. Pastor Mickey's from Mississippi. I should have went there first. So you speak the same dialect. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Pastor Chuck Ford. And so we got, uh, that's these guys. They are going to be here next Sunday, and I'll be here, and they'll be ministering, and it's going to be great. So uh, it's going to be a fun weekend. Um, good deal. All right. You ready for some word today? If you have your Bible with you, go ahead and get that out and uh, turn with me to the book of Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4. I started a new series last week called The Voice. And I am sharing with you, teaching about, about hearing from God in a noisy world. All right? I think most of us could readily agree that there are many, many voices and, and a, a myriad of opinions and thoughts everywhere. We are being bombarded with different ways to think and believe and being able to cut through all of the noise to pick out the voice of God is of tremendous value. It's one of the greatest gifts. As I shared with you previously uh, from Genesis chapter 1, we recognize that when God's voice comes into the picture, it dispels confusion and chaos and doubt and fear. If you've ever had or currently have a chaotic life, if you, if you are uh, wanting to get things in order and get working like they're supposed to work, then what you need is a word from God. If you could hear his voice, his voice has the answer. His voice will encourage. It will inspire. His voice will give direction and remove confusion. I tell you, just like it brought the earth into order when it was in a state of after Genesis 1-1, that it was in a state of chaos and confusion, just a word that says, let there be lights and stuff starts happening. Okay? And I tell you, God will speak to you, and he'll speak to me, and when he does, and when we, we hear that voice, I tell you, good things are about to, about to happen. Everything's about to come into order. Amen? It'll create a vision for our future. But if you could, again, distinguish between his voice and all the other voices, you have a great advantage in life. Yeah? You remember Jesus said... Uh, my words, the words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. What would be the opposite then? Uh, they are flesh and they are death. Okay, his words to us we know are not death. Hopefully we know that. The Lord's not giving you a condemning word. He's not giving you a death word. You're not getting more and more discouraged the more you follow God. Right? Uh, <laughs> amen. If you've gotten more and more discouraged, you were following a wrong voice. That's one way to discern that. Yeah. <laughs> he's not taking you down. He's taking you up. That doesn't mean he removes uh, the devil from the earth. <laughs> but if you listen to him, you'll go higher. Yeah. And so, uh, like I said, 
we know that he's bringing, he's speaking life, but a key component to this is his words are spirit. His words are not flesh words. His words are not physical in nature. Even if someone were to speak a word that came from God, only the spiritual, only those with an ear to hear would be able to discern and say, that was God. It happens quite regularly in here. It happens all, it happens all around that God will speak and only a certain number of people will catch on that it was God speaking. Okay, I'll explain that more later. But if we will know this concept that his words are spirit, then we will listen with a different ear. We will, we will recognize the need to believe. Faith is a key component to hearing the voice of God. Did you find Hebrews chapter 4? Notice with me in verse 12, Hebrews 4, 12. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Okay, so notice this unique characteristic about what God says. It is so sharp. It's living, powerful, and he's explaining it in such a way where he says it will even get in between joint and marrow. It's so skilled. It's so precise. It's so capable of, of setting things apart and establishing what is and what's not and what ought to be from what ought not to be. He said it'll even get between joint and marrow and then he goes into the inner workings of our being and he says it's not just, not just the physical way, it'll get between soul and spirit. One thing that should tell us is that soul and spirit are very tight. They're very close together. How, how many know in a lot of Christian circles, they speak about soul and spirit as if they're the same? They're, they're so unaware of the difference that they'll use those words interchangeably. But how many know soul and spirit are not the same thing? But one of the challenges is, is they're like this. Yeah. And, and what the word of God will do is it will get in the middle there. And this is what we need. I need something to separate so I can recognize what's me and what's God, okay? Soul being us, if that's your mind, those are your thoughts. Spirit is the part of us that's been born again, all right? That's the part that's filled with the Holy Spirit. And so because of that, that part would be the God element of this. And so if I can distinguish between the two, uh, what, a, what, a, what a game changer, that, that, that would be. And the word of God is able to get in there and, and, and divide this, okay? Now, if you relate to me at all, I think most of us would uh, readily agree that we've had times, at least, where we were not certain if something was God or whether it was us. We have thoughts rolling around. That it's like, 
Lord, is that you or is that just me thinking of this? You know, people wake up with a dream. Was that a God dream or was that a pizza dream? You know, <laughs> was that an anxiety dream? Uh, what, what's going on? And we're, t- we're endeavoring as believers to walk through life and recognize God in the midst of many thoughts and many voices. It's God's word that separates that distinguishes. If I, more of his voice I get in my life, the more clear it will be what's me and what's him. Even to this, to this level, it discerns thoughts and intentions. Intents. Listen to that last part from uh, the Passion Translation. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. Truth, the word is so powerful, it will reveal your motive. That's in there deep. (laughs) Your motive. People try to cover their motives all day long. And they'll say, well, I know I did this wrong, but God knows my heart. Yes, he certainly does. (laughs) And I don't know that we should make an assumption that our heart is always good. Sometimes our heart or our motive was selfish in nature. Sometimes we had ulterior motives other than God's glory and someone else's help. And the word of God will expose that. And by the way, that's a good thing. If you think, oh, I don't know if that's a good thing. Listen, he already knows. Everything is exposed before him. Everything is open. He knows it all. So if his word will get in there and expose some things, not to shame us in front of others, but will reveal things within ourselves that really are true, they're, they're presently there, it opens the world for us to grow, okay? Because so often people are held back by internal issues. They're constantly putting Band-Aids on their life. Problem, 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 put a Band-Aid on it. Big problem, put two Band-Aids on it, right? 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 And they're, they're dealing with symptoms continually instead of dealing with the cause one time. What do I need? How do I deal with the cause? How do I deal with the root of my constant trouble? The Word of God is that sharp. It can do intricate surgery on your life. Yeah, and God can say something to you that no one else knows about. He can say things to you that, that I tell you, 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 leaves you wondering, how did he know that? But when it's said, it's exposed, it's revealed, and then it can be healed. Amen. Amen. Sometimes we're thinking, I need a word from God. Lord, show me the lottery numbers. <laughs> and we're thinking words of, of stuff like that, that we, stuff we never knew. I'm telling you today, by unction, Sometimes the words from that, that we need from God have nothing to do with stuff out there or mysteries we didn't know. They have to do with things in here that need to be dealt with so we can grow and not remain in the same place we've always been. And so for us to open our hearts to receive these words from heaven, hallelujah, uh, we're talking real change here. We're talking real growth, yeah? It will, it will discern the motives. You know, that's one of the reasons why, why we're told Jesus said, you know, judge not lest you be judged. Uh, one of the reasons we're told not to judge each other is because we are not that sharp. 
We're not that precise to be able to look at an individual and be able to discern their motive. We, we, we can very often judge action, activity, as being right or wrong. And we can call a spade a spade. This is right. This is wrong. But some, what we don't know is how much another individual knows. We don't know why they did what they did. We can say that's wrong, but I don't know why you did. And that's a part of the component with, with which God relates to us on. It's not just what we do. It's why we do it. Yeah? And so this is why he is ultimately qualified and his words are so much better, more powerful, sharper than any other word that we have from anybody else. Okay, ready for more? Let's go to uh, uh, 1 Kings. So big left turn. 1 Kings chapter 19. And we're just going to read a couple verses here. But in this situation, this is a, a story about Elijah, the prophet. If you know some of his life, this is right after he had a confrontation with the prophets of Baal. Okay? Didn't go well for the prophets of Baal. God was bigger. And, uh, and then he's got to deal with, of course, Ahab and the wicked, his wicked wife, Jezebel. And they're coming after him, so he's on the run. And, uh, and we want to jump in. This is the time frame so you understand. Verse, 1 Kings 19, verse 11. Then he said, by the way, he is God here, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And let me just pause there for a moment. God said something before he said something. And this is a pattern that you can expect from the Lord, even with you. He will say something before he says something. He will give you something to do before he gives you the next thing to do. Everybody with me? He will make the next thing contingent on the present thing. The next word is contingent on the present word. If I don't heed the present word, go on the mountain, I don't ever get to the next word. So I'm just waiting on the Lord for him to show me, well, has he shown you anything yet? Has he given you anything at all? Yeah, he, well, a little bit, but I'm just waiting on more. No, <laughs> you are not waiting on more. You are stuck until you do something with what he already said. Everybody with me? Uh, similarly, we read in, in the book of Acts with, with Saul of Tarsus, whom we know as Paul. And uh, when he had his great encounter with God and conversion to the Lord, he you know, had the bright light. He heard the voice of the Lord. And one of the things... Uh, he said to Jesus, he said, Lord, what, what do you want me to do? And the Lord told him, you remember his response? He said, Lord, he said, Saul, go into the city and it'll be told you what to do. Now, if you're like me, you think logically, Lord, why, you know, like while we're talking and having this amazing experience right now, why don't you just go ahead and tell me now? Save me a trip to the city, right? While we're doing this, but how many know the Lord didn't, didn't do it that way? And if, if he would have never gone to the city, he never would have received the next message as to what he should do. Do you think there are people like that who are 
uh, been spinning their wheels um, in life today because they don't want to go to the city. They want to stay right where they are and get everything that God has for them. They don't want to act on what he has already spoken. They want to uh, just get a download and Lord, give it all to me. Then I'll decide if I want to go into the city or not. I'll decide if that was a good decision on your part. Yeah, but so many things in God are building, one thing builds upon another. And any time we have the opportunity to disrupt the process. You know, and for someone to say, well, just pray and seek God, he'll talk to you. Well, I don't know if he will. Say, so, well, why would you say that? Because I don't know what he's already said to you. I don't know what, I don't know what you've already been ignoring. So... Because it's entirely possible that could be wrong. It's entirely possible that uh, I could say, you know, go, go ahead and just get away and just take some time and pray and seek the Lord. He might say nothing to you. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. Let's keep reading. <laughs> well, let's just read it again since we just barely read. Verse 11, then he said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord and behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks into pieces before the Lord, but the Lord was not in the winds. Everybody say, not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. Say, not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. Say, not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. The implication there. By ending the sentence is that he was in the still small voice. And so what happens in our lives is we sometimes are confused and distracted by the wind and by the earthquake and by the fire. In other words, we are, uh, we are trying to interpret everything that happens out here. Every event, every major uh, you know, thing that transpires, every circumstantial event, we're saying, Lord, what are you trying to say? What's happening now? What are you trying to do? What's the answer? The Lord's not in that. That's not what he wants you to do. He's not wanting you to make it, to interpret all these things that happen, and he's just going to keep it so mysterious that you're left to try to guess and figure out what everything's happened and somehow weave into these things a message from God. And he's just going to, you're totally guessing at the, you might as well flip the coin. Well, I think the fire meant this. And someone else will come along who says, well, in these situations, fire means, and earthquakes mean, and wind, that means, and they're just, they're just making stuff up. God was in the voice. He was in the still, small voice. So we should stop trying to interpret every event as being some God event and step back and say, Lord, you are a speaking spirit. You created me in your likeness and your image, and the Holy Spirit has come to speak to me. So I am going to know what to do because you're able to talk to me and I'm able to hear your voice. And if we will approach God in faith like that, we'll stop being led around by all the craziness around us. 
Amen. Praise God. So, again, many are looking for God in all of the noise. But we need to stop trying to interpret everything that way. It doesn't mean the Lord can't shake the earth or make the wind blow. But his preferred method of communication is by speaking. He speaks to his kids. Aren't you glad for that? I mean, any parent that doesn't ever speak to their kid, come on. You need to talk to them. That's the way God created them to grow and receive and hear your will. Right? Speak to them. Conversation. Maybe there's something here about, about the, the language of a still, small voice. It's still, it's small. What's that? It's, it's not you know, active, it's not big, it's not loud, it's not spectacular, it's not booming. Yes, the Lord can do that, but something about still and small. Maybe the Lord intends and really wants us to get quiet, to be still. Instead of running frantically and just nonstop without any break whatsoever, trying to interpret everything that's going on. Lord, talk to me and turn up the stereo in the car. Lord, talk to me and bing, 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 bing. You know, your phone's going off and every, and there's never a break. And we're saying, I just don't know what God's leading me to do. Think still, think small. And he likes us. Jesus did this. He would get away. Others would take time. Moses, Joshua, we read about them getting away into the presence of God. Be calm. Shh. Shh. Take time with the Lord. And that's what we're looking for. We're not looking for kaboom. Because watch, if you're looking for still and small and he decides to show up in kaboom, you're going to get it. You're not going to miss that. But if you're looking for da-da-da, angel and angelic choir and the glory falls and everything's just always spectacular, what you may miss is still and small. And what if 90% of the time, still and small were, were his preferred way of communicating with us? Then what if we were then miss 90% looking for the da-da-da? Everybody okay? Say it out loud. I can hear. Still and small. Yeah, the voice of God. Doesn't mean it's not powerful. Doesn't mean it's not quick and and sharp and powerful and alive, but that's many times one of the ways that it comes. And of course, like we said to you last week, he created us and he put a receiver inside of us, an ability, and we got internal antennas to receive the signal, to receive the message of our creator. It's built into every single person. So we have the, belief, the, the ability to hear God's voice. And let me tell you this. If you're a Christian, if, you're, if you've been saved, you have heard God's voice, period. I know the temptation in some of this is to think, well, I've never heard God's voice. People talking about God said this and God said that, and, and I don't think I've ever heard God speak to me. I'm going to burst your bubble. You have. You have. You're not that special to be one of those very select few that God doesn't talk to. 
<laughs> you have heard God's voice. In fact, Jesus said some things when he was teaching in the book of John, as recorded in, in John's account of the gospel. He said this. Listen, listen to this or watch on the screen. John 5, 25. Most assuredly, I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Now watch. Do you recognize that language at all? The hour is coming and now is. Jesus would sometimes use that language to explain the present moments, what he was doing in the moment. He was about to die on the cross, be raised from the dead, which would make available the new birth. It, when, when he was speaking in John 4 about worship, it, just you know, a chapter before, he used that same phrase. Remember the Samaritan woman and talking about where you worship God? He said, woman, the hour is coming and now is when true worshipers We'll worship the Father in spirit and in truth. The hour is coming and now is. Well, what, what, what do you mean? Why are you saying that? That's language that refers to his present activity and what would allow people to then come into a spiritual relationship with God. He's talking about salvation. Okay. Now, let's translate. Salvation means hearing the voice of God. He said, the, the dead will hear the voice of God. Those who hear will live. So every person who has been saved has heard the voice of God. If you have received Jesus, someone might think, well, I just decided to do that on my own. No, you did not. And you should stop thinking that way because then you will misinterpret one of the ways that God speaks. The very fact that you said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to give my life to the Lord. In that moment, you were hearing the voice of God. Now listen, for some of you, maybe it was recent or it was in a time when it was something you can remember. I would encourage you to go back there in your mind and replay it. What did you think? What were you thinking? How did you feel? What was that like? What was that experience when you decided to accept Jesus as your Savior? Why? Why do I want you to replay that? Because that's the voice of God. That spiritual experience got you. Say, well, it wasn't that powerful. It got you to turn over everything to him. It got you to bow your knee to Jesus as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And you said, from now on, you're the boss of me. That's no small decision for someone to think, well, you know, it wasn't that big. It was huge. I mean, would you do that if I convinced, could I talk you into it? I want you to do everything I say from here on out. I doubt I'd talk anyone into doing that. You're going to be my slave. <laughs> Everything I say. No, you wouldn't do that. You turned your life over to Jesus. You did that for one reason, is that you heard God's voice. And so now we can, based on that principle, say, okay, this is what hearing from God sounds like. I venture to say hardly any or zero heard God with their physical ear. It's entirely possible some heard God in a more dramatic way, or at least you thought that, than others. 
But it's not common where, where people come and say, yeah, God spoke to me and I heard it. He was standing right here and he said, get saved. <laughs> or something like, no. But we genuinely heard God's voice. Say it with me. Say, I have heard God's voice. Now, some of you are probably hearing God's voice today. And in just a couple minutes, you'll have a choice to respond because he said, those who hear will live. Those who hear will live. Amen. And so, uh, hearing with our physical ears is not the only type of hearing. And it's not the way that we hear from God. A few verses later, this is what he said. Jesus said in verse 28, do not marvel at this, for the hour is coming in which all who are in the graves will hear his voice. Now notice the difference of language. The hour is coming, not now is. The hour is coming, not now is, because this is in the future. The now is was in that present time. Hour is coming is a future event. And who's going to hear? Everybody. Everybody who's ever, who's ever died, they're all going to hear the voice and, and, and come forth. And those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of condemnation. So obviously we want to hear his voice before we hear his voice. Yeah, because everybody's going to hear his voice. You want to make sure and hear his voice now. So later when you hear his voice, yes, instead of, ah, right? Salvation or condemnation. Amen. Now, I preached so long that I just got to kind of introduce the next part. And, and, and I want to give you a few things on how God speaks how God speaks, all right? One of the primary ways, you might even expect this, but I want you to see this as, as so real, is God speaks to us through his written word. Through his written word. I don't mean that is not less than God appearing to you uh, in some spectacular way. It's his choice. It's his, it was his design, his desire to speak and then have that recorded for others to hear his voice through what was written down. When God speaks, it's not like it grows old or gets stale, but it stays fresh. It's as if, even if he said something a couple thousand years ago, it is as if he just said it. In other words, it did not get degraded or wear out at all. It's just as good, it's just the same as, as if he, God said it for the first time right here, right now. If it's written in here, that is God's voice, okay? Jesus, in fact, overcame Satan's attacks and temptations by using a very well-known phrase. You know what it is? He said, it is written. So Jesus would quote words from God that were spoken thousands of years prior and he would overcome while he was on the earth. He didn't stop and say, well, I've got to go get a word from God. Does anybody have a word for me? I've got a problem. I need to overcome the devil. Somebody give me a prophecy. No, his go-to was, it is written. I don't mean that the father didn't speak to him in the moment. 
But his go-to, his starting point was always, what has he already said? Because he's not going to change. And if you're ever going to uh, get that soul and spirit separated, if you're ever going to recognize what's God and what's not, this is the way to do it. This is the starting point because his voice here is his voice in here. His voice in some other way, a still small voice or however, is not ever going to contradict what he already said. And one of the ways, again, we discern this is by getting this into us. I've had times when I'm seeking the Lord for uh, direction, specific direction, meaning I didn't, it wasn't in a verse, specific direction for my life at this time. And the Lord would deal with me to read more of this. Sometimes specific parts, but not because they contained my answer, but because I needed to be more familiar with his voice. Because if I would hear his voice in here, I would recognize that it's the same voice in here. It's not, it doesn't sound different. It sounds the same. Everybody okay? It's kind of like us. You are who you are. If someone knows you well, they recognize kind of the types of things that you say. I've shared this before, bare repetition. Uh, when I was learning to fly, one of, the, one of the initial challenges in actual flying is communication with control towers and other pilots and so forth. And one of, the, one of the reasons it's a challenge is because you're a little bit nervous not wanting to get things wrong or say the wrong thing because there's proper responses and, and there's things that they say and you're dealing with sometimes static or speaking fast or sometimes pilots speak over each other on the same channel. And uh, so you're dealing with all that plus everything else going on in your cockpit and you're looking around, and so everything's going around, and then you're talking, and, and there, it can be quite busy around an airport, all right? Uh, and so at the beginning, it's like, oh, what did he say? You know, you're with an instructor, and you miss half of it, but they catch it. And then they say, say this, or do this, or they respond for you. Uh, but what happens over time, through repetition and experience, you start recognizing the voice. Now, not watch, it's not always the same person but you recognize the voice on the other end because of what they say or the types of things that they say. And it's almost like 90% of the time before you make your call, you're waiting for their response, you know what they're gonna say. Why? You've heard it so many times. You know the types of things they say. And you can do that with the Lord. You know, if you came to me and said, hey, uh, I saw... I saw uh, Miss Amy at the store the other day, and uh, and she was uh, having some kind of problem with one of the, the the individuals that was working there, and she was cussing them out. <laughs> she just let them have it. She made a big scene, and uh, you know, and we've been married for a little while, so uh, I would say to you. Uh, <laughs> No, you didn't see her. You saw someone else maybe, but you did not see my wife. Say, well, how do you know you weren't there? Well, because I know her voice. 
I know her, I know her character. I know the types of things she says and the types of things she would never say. And by the way, stop spreading rumors. (laughs) And if you ever talk about my wife that way again, (laughs) you're gonna hear my voice. No, but I don't have to be present to, to discern sometimes, no, that's not right, that's not God, or, because I, I know his voice. I've spent enough time with him, and one of the ways, again, we do that, we find out what he has already said. I want to encourage you to, when you, when you open up this book at home, when you come here, do it with this attitude, Lord, I'm expecting to hear from you right now. I'm going to hear your voice because it's, it's fresh with him. I'm going to hear your voice to me. And you read and you become familiar with the sound of his voice because it's not physical, it's spiritual. And then in other environments like this one, when God speaks, you go, I know that. I know that voice. That's God right there. Did everyone else hear that? See, sometimes unbelievers need to have tongues and interpretation to know God's moving. But believers just need a prophecy. Because they recognize there's inspiration. God is speaking on that. Amen. Hallelujah. We, We just ran ourselves right out of time. But I have much more to say. And I believe the Lord is helping us because he wants to speak to his people. He wants to speak to you. Amen. Father, thank you for working in our hearts today, for working in this house, for working in our lives. Thank you for the spirit of the Lord who lives big in each and every one of us. Lord, we listen to you. We're directed by you. And I pray that you help us have grace upon each one so they can discern and distinguish and recognize the difference between what's of you and what's not, what's their voice, their ideas, voices of this world, and what you are saying. We believe your voice is necessary for healing, for clarity, for understanding. And so we listen to you. We rest in our hearts. We rest in our minds. We rest in our lives so we can hear from you. And we know that you're faithful every single time. You're always on time. You're always present. We give you all the glory, all the honor, all the praise, and all the thanks for you do all things well. We believe you're leading us. We believe you're speaking to us. For this we give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Thank you, Lord, for working in our lives today. In Jesus' precious name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Well, God is good. Praise God. Well, before we uh, do uh, salvation here, uh, real quick, um, I'm going to pray for someone's hearing. 
Uh, I'm not talking about your spiritual hearing, talking about your physical hearing. Uh, if you're having troubles, troubles with your ears, lay your hands on yourself right where you sit and the power of God will go into you. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. Just as we've seen before, now, Lord, you do it again. Thank you, Lord. Ears are opening up today. Ears are opening up. Hearing is restored. Full functionality in the ears being restored. Any hindrances being stopped. We speak life and healing in the mighty name of Jesus. <laughs> Be made whole today. Lord, we give you all the thanks and all the praise. Thank you, Lord. Everything's fine. In Jesus' name. Amen. In our last few minutes, just uh, with nobody moving around, uh, last couple of minutes, just show respect to those around you. Really, really important right here, right now. Maybe you've come to church today and you've never received eternal life. You've never been saved. In fact, if you were to die today, you wouldn't go to heaven. If you died today, see all those people looking at those folks leave? See, it distracted that whole section over there. See, I can see heads go. See, that's why, that's why I say that. Not because I care. I, I don't want anyone to miss out on what God's doing. Yeah? So, uh, but maybe you're not right with God. I mean, if you died today, you wouldn't, you wouldn't go to heaven. That's more important than anything else we could ever do. Okay? You're standing your place, your relationship with God. If you're right with God, you know you are, you're good to go. But if you're like the rest of us, you wanna make sure that that's the case, okay? Here's the problem, it's called sin. You've done it, I've done it, we've all come short of God's glory. He's perfect and holy and righteous, we've all missed it. So that's done, that's a fact, that's happened. We've all come short of God's glory. The solution to the sin problem is not human effort, it's not good works, it's not religion, it's not try harder, it's, it, it, it's not do any of these things. The solution is what God gives. In His great love, He sent His Son. And Jesus lived a sinless life, but died a sinner's death. Why did He do that? Because I deserve to die for my sins. I deserve to die for my sins, but He took my place and died. Died for you, died for me. He did that out of his great love. So God's part is done. Jesus hung on the cross. He suffered brutally. He was tortured, spirit, soul, and body. And he was brutally tortured. And when he was uh, raised from the dead on the third day, it was all finished. It was all done. Sin was paid in full. And God's part is done. And now it switches over to us. Now it's just, what are we going to do with it? You could ignore you could say, I don't, I don't want that. Or you can do what I would recommend and what God wants out of you is you could say, yes, I believe in what you did for me and I receive the gift of eternal life. I receive Jesus as my savior. See, Jesus called this being born again. If you've been born again, you know it's amazing. If you haven't been, you want to today, Want to do that now? Want to get born again? You can, and we'd be most honored and thrilled to pray with you today before you leave. Good deal? Good deal. Here's what we're going to do, okay? Before we pray, I'm going to have you respond all across the, the building here today. Anyone, everyone that wants to, those in the West venue, ha howdy, you, you respond too. 
uh, you want to respond today, in just a moment, I'll have you lift up your hands in the air. I'll count to three like this. One, two, three. Bam! When I do that again, just shoot your hands up in the air. And I'll just acknowledge you, each and every one of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And then we'll come together. We'll pray. You'll have your experience with God right here today. And you'll never be the same. Okay? So let's be real clear now before we do this. 